Hello and welcome to this week's podcast. My name is Guy and today we are talking about the topic that was voted for on the youtube.com forward slash how to be a great GM community page. And that topic was why I'm tired of people hating on fifth edition. And uh, I'll explain that topic in a little bit. But first up, what I want to talk about is the change of schedule. So schedule, schedule, whichever way around you like to say it. Uh, the show is moving. It's no longer going to be on a Thursday afternoon at uh, 5 p.m. BST or uh, 9 a.m. Pacific time. It's going to move to a Tuesday. That's right. It's going to be on Tuesdays at the same time. So that is what's going to happen. Tuesdays at the same time from next week. So bear that in mind. And then obviously we're going to take a little bit of a Christmas break as one does. But uh, yes, so it's going to move to Tuesdays. So why is it moving to Tuesdays? I hear no one ask except for myself. The reason why it needs to move to Tuesdays is because on Thursdays, now starting at 6 p.m. BST, which is 10 a.m. Pacific time, I believe, uh, the patients do not have to orchestrate escape from the asylum. Thank you very much, uh, Eric. Um, we do not need to repossess the equipment either. Thank you, Venal D&D. But it's because I'm starting my new live playthrough game, which will be on YouTube. And that is the Dragonlance Shadow of the Dragon Queen, which if you've been watching my YouTube channel, uh, you will know that I have been breaking down that uh, adventure series from Watsi and looking at what I would adjust and what I would change and what I would do differently uh, or what I would keep. And I keep the majority of it. I keep the majority of it. However, there are some things that I change. That's in those videos. And this will now be me and four wonderful players playing through this. Um, well, we'll see how far we get if the players get bored or real life sort of comes in and takes over. So uh, that's going to be starting next week, Thursday which I think it's going to be a lot of fun, especially considering my players said to me, oh, we're all going to play the same um, group. So they're all playing arcane spellcasters in one form or another, which I think is going to be a lot of fun. Uh, so yes, uh, further to that, and because you are listening and I love sharing information with people, is that the first four episodes are one-on-one -on -one episodes. They are each going to have a turn with me uh, as they work through stuff. Now, the interesting thing, I think, anyway, uh, well, not the interesting thing, the reason why it happened was because we were trying to organize, okay, when can we all meet? When can we all meet? And um, it just didn't work because, of course, this is the festive time. So we've got folks all over the world. We've got them in the States. We've got them, you know, in, in the UK and in Australia and that sort of thing. And time is always a factor. So um, I said, right, well, until January then, uh, we'll be doing one-on-ones. And so then from January, once everyone kind of gets back into the, the humdrum of it all, then we go to, to a full four, four players who will all have had different introductory experiences into the situation. So that should be, I think well worth your time to just check it out and have a look and see what you think. And uh, if you are going to be running the Dragonlance uh, adventures, well, it's an opportunity to have a look and see what I have taken from them and uh, run through them. And of course, if you are going to run them and you don't want spoilers, then don't watch it at all because it will contain nothing but spoilers. Uh, so there is that too. 
and uh, I spent this morning busy making a whole lot of uh, NPC tokens that I can use them on the battle maps and things uh, in preparation for, for what's going to be coming up. But I'll be discussing that in future episodes of the show as well. Now, uh, on to today's topic, why I'm tired of people hating 5th edition. I do feel that I should start this, this discussion by saying I hate 5th edition Dungeons & Dragons. As a person, as a GM, I don't like it. However, as someone who works within this industry, within this space, uh, who makes a living off of this stuff, I love Dungeons & Dragons. And so uh, it places me in this difficult situation where as someone who is making content for Dungeons and Dragons in terms of I write books that sort of deal with that sort of thing. Um, I make a living off of the success of Dungeons and Dragons. Um, I can tell you now there is no way that the YouTube channels would have survived if we didn't have Dungeons and Dragons. There is just no way, unfortunately. And there are a lot of factors that are at play here that contribute to that. Now, I completely understand when I have people that are writing comments going, oh, I, you know, solution to, to the new Dragonlance module is to play the original first edition or second edition ones instead. They're much better. And I go, well, yes, perhaps they are. But tell me why. Tell me what's different about them. And that's oftentimes where people come unstuck a little bit. Um, in terms of the quality of, of writing and the ideas behind the adventures and things, yes, yeah, sometimes, sometimes those ideas were novel when they first came out, and a lot of these players are players who played these things when they first came out, but that doesn't mean necessarily that they are uh, in, in, in equality to what is being written at the moment. Now, of course, having said that, I have literally just released a video on how to fix the latest you know, Dragonlance release. It's not huge fixes that I'm talking about. It's little subtle things which I think come from having a, a background in script writing and in working in television. That has given me that edge. But I cannot assume that the authors have the same background. Uh, so these are things that, that, that start to play on your mind. And something that really helped me understand this situation even more was I was able to play a first edition advanced Dungeons and Dragons game the other day and to experience the absolute nightmare that was the rule books that were incredibly badly laid out and that had you paging backwards and forwards for days to try and find stuff. So from a production perspective, we know we've stepped forward. Well, yes, obviously, 5th edition has a multi-billion dollar company uh, sitting behind it and itself is a multi-million dollar company uh, generating this content. So, yes, they can produce far superior um, technical stuff, theoretically speaking, because I will be the first to raise my hand and say, well, 5th edition has a lot of stuff that just doesn't make any sense or is purposefully vague. And my favorite one is Learman's Tiny Hut, which makes no mention about the floor whatsoever. And so you have players going, well, can I dig underneath it? 
No, because there is a flaw. Oh, but is it a spherical flaw? Or is it a, is it just, does it cut into the ground that it's in? Does it just cause a barrier underneath it? In which case, can you then drop it on someone? Or could you, you know, that it's all of these wonderful things, which there is no way for the rules writers to cover all of these contingencies without having a 10,000 page book or a book full of, these very, 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 very uh, specific kind of scenarios. And the whole joy that we get out of role-playing, I think, is coming up with creative solutions to pretty, pretty similar situations. And in those creative solutions, that's what makes those similar situations unique. I do feel, however, that there is also something within the community that we also have to be very cognizant of. And that is, there is a very clear line between people who do not care for the ultimate builds and people who do care for the ultimate builds. And I had someone saying to me, oh, the reason why they hate Dungeons & Dragons is because every single rogue is the same species, the same um, build, the same stats. Now they're all just going to have the same feats and they're going to have the same this and the same that. And you go, do you understand that if, I don't know, let's say um, Call of Cthulhu had the same scale of character options and the same scale of marketing, that we would have the ultimate Cthulhu detective and the ultimate Cthulhu uh, survivalist build. And uh, we probably do, as a matter of fact. We just don't hear about them all the time because they are simply not as vocal outside of their bubbles of influence, which is really where the biggest, I think, strength of Dungeons & Dragons comes from. They are pumping millions of dollars into marketing, and they will share their products all over the globe. And if you get hold of their brand managers and say, hey, listen, we are running a convention for 50 people out in the middle of nowhere, they will send you product whether they get any kind of photography back or press coverage back, they really don't care. But I will tell you this, Pathfinder will not do that. Paizo simply will not do that. Now, you could say, oh, it's a financial thing. Yes, it is. But they're both companies that are generating vast amounts of product. So one is doing it right, one is not. Um, So when we then continue to unpack this whole thing, you go, okay, they've got a very aggressive marketing platform. The marketing platform is what caused me to hate, to hate Spelljammer. And my inside information tells me that within Wizards of the Coast, there is animosity between the marketing team and the creation team. Because the creation team will say, oh, the cover of the book is blue. And the marketing team will go, well, you can now play as a blue character with blue stats and blue feats and blue skills. And have you heard about the blue sword of power? And the creator guys are going, um, we just said the cover was blue. So uh, there is, I mean, it's a corporation, right? And every corporation has got layers to it and it's got differences to it. And when, if you said to me, oh, go play 3.5, it's such a better system than fifth edition. There is a large part of me which goes, I loved 3.5. I played 3.5 for longer than any other role-playing game I have ever played, I thought it was absolutely fantastic. Um, 
And when 5th edition came out, I didn't really want to play it. I only started playing it because my players were insistent that I did it. And then once I started, I went, oh, as a matter of fact, Dungeons & Dragons to level 10, I actually think is really cool. It's quite slick. It's got quite a lot of options to be creative in terms of being the DM. In terms of being the players, well, that's where it starts to become problematic. Again, if your DM is using the numbers game and the players are not using the numbers game, there's a disconnect and the players are going to struggle. If the players are using the numbers game and the DM isn't, again, you're going to get this struggle. So we have to have alignment, but you're going to have a struggle regardless of what system you're playing if your players are focused on the mechanics and you as the DM are not. So... If you then said to me, okay, let's go play some 3.5. And I go, yes, all right, let's play some 3.5, right? Let's crack out uh, willpower saving throws, reflex saving throws, or was that Pathfinder? Oh, dear. Yes, my nostalgia for that really cool role-playing system uh, kind of falls apart when I have to try and remember exactly the minutiae of it. And I guarantee you, that even if I was playing 3.5, I'd be going, oh, this is so cool. We've got, um, uh, they don't have perception checks in those days. They had a spot check and they had a listen check. Oh, that makes so much more sense because now you can really make the creatures that can hear stuff, you know, they can have enhanced values, but maybe their sight's not so good, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Oh, but we really just need a, this skill or we just need something to indicate this or we need something to indicate that. Suddenly, I guarantee you, we will be pulling in some rules from 5th edition. Because every system is going to have its benefits and every system is going to have its negatives. That's why we have so many systems. If we had the perfect role-playing system that everyone just absolutely adored, invariably someone would write an alternative. Because that's what we're like. We are creative people that play our games. Um that's that's the tragedy of it is that regardless of who you are if you are a role player you are creative in some way whether that is in mathematically understanding the models and anticipating the percentage chances of your dice roll versus your action that you've chosen to take and calculating that you have a 60 percent chance of success all those kinds of wonderful things whether you are that person or you are the person writing a 20-page backstory for your character that you never get to play but you've got one in, in the background just in case you know, we are creative folks. And I think that the more effort you put into trying to go back to old systems, you go, well, yes, sure, let's go back to those old systems. But to, to, to decry one system over another based on nostalgia or on uh, some kind of perceived difference, I think is really, really challenging. Now, I do know that there is also a very strong movement because they keep telling me and they're very vocal about it that one of the things that they hate about 5th edition is that 5th edition is changing up things and that they are changing it's no longer races now it's probably going to be species or origins as they seem to have stuck on species I still feel is the most appropriate word given that that's what they are but nonetheless, Origin seems to be the, 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 the name brand of choice. But I have a lot of people telling me that they won't go anywhere near 5th um, edition because of its inclusivity, because of its diversity, because it's trying to wash away 
old stereotypes and not perpetuate inherent racial differences and things like that. Now, I know that that is always a contentious issue. And most of the folks that are listening to this or that watch my videos know that that is not going to wash with me at all. But I still don't see it as being a reason why you wouldn't want to play it. I do understand, though, that there are certain limits that we are getting to, I think, where with this live show that I'm going to be doing on Thursday, I was asked, well, are you going to be putting warnings up at the front of it? And I said, uh, well, spoilers, you mean? No, 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 that the topic of uh, slavery might come into case. Um, violence might come in, invasion might come in, refugees is definitely, for Dragonlance so far, all of these things are, are very true. Uh, torture might come into it. And there was my, my immediate response was, uh, this is Dungeons and Dragons. This is a game where you are literally trying to cut the head off most of the things that you are encountering. Um, this is about a dragon army invading the land. I'm fairly certain all of these things are kind of implied uh, in the title War. Um, or, or, you know, uh, the, 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 these things are there. But once I had said that, I went, why am I pushing back? Why, why do I care? For me, I can put that in at the front. It doesn't cost me anything. It literally is a sentence that I can type up and bring up as a slide and if that makes one person in the audience look at it and go, okay, I can prepare myself for this. I can understand this. I, I, I can take whatever steps are necessary to, to um, appreciate this now. Then that's making, that is making someone else's life better at no cost to my own. So I'm just going to do it. Um, you know, and I personally... I find very few topics to be unconscionably disastrous. Although, having said that, uh, when you watch old TV series and there is blatant sexism going on, I kind of go, why am I watching this? Why is this? I hear the audience laughing because the man made some crude joke about the woman in the kitchen or something. And I'm going, yeah, that was funny then. We've moved on since then. And quite frankly, he has nothing. The, the joke only works if we all have this shared sort of thought. Um, so it's complex. It's complex. And I had another friend of mine. I was chatting about this, this very topic. Uh, we were having lunch. And he went, oh, well, I would just never run games online. I'd never run them for an audience because this is such a minefield. It's, such, it's so dangerous and it's so difficult because of cancel culture, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It is part of what we are are in and for most role players this will never be a factor you'll sit at your table and you will have your friends hopefully you've done your session zero you've all spoken about these things with one another or at least are aware of them and you can move forward and you can play and no one is sitting watching over your shoulder uh, looking for potentially um, inflammatory language or something that could be used against you and you go, well, that's, there we go. That's great. So what I guess I'm saying is that I'm chatting to you now about my problems and almost no one else's problems. Um, so, yeah. Um, 
Yes. Yeah, so, so in the chat, uh, Black Mage said, uh, in other words, Wizard has been a Wizards has been attempting to make the game more. I don't want to say politically correct. You, you've chosen the word politically correct, um, but I would just say more more socially aware uh, on our behalf. But it doesn't have to prevent us from putting questionable subject matter back into the game. Absolutely, absolutely. Just because Wizard says gnomes are now called your origin story as opposed to gnomes on our race, because the word race and racial and racism is triggering for a lot of people and is a very difficult subject at the moment, that does not mean that in my game you will not have racist characters or in the Dragonlance series, the, Dragon, the Draconians are bred to believe that they are superior to everyone else. The Sylvanesti elves truly believed they were superior to everyone else and isolated themselves from the rest of the world. And if you know Crin's history, look where that got them. So the idea that you have these, the, the, these ideas, you don't have to include it in the rule book at all. I'm, not, I'm fairly certain Bounty Hunter doesn't have anything in there that has anything to do with, with uh, taking out anything we do use the word species but that's because it's science fiction where species seems to be more acceptable uh a term um you know if that's the only word that we're going to be focusing on and as publishers our we always include as many of the different um genders as possible because it doesn't cost us anything and if it makes somebody else happy well that's brilliant and if as you say we only have to just insert our own stuff back in then that's absolutely fine. It costs us nothing. So that's the, the sort of the thinking that, that, that I kind of have um, is, is that's, where, that's where we are. Uh, I don't know. Um, I'm just looking at the comments here. Um, yeah, so Ecstatic says, if you wouldn't say it in public, uh, it can't be that hard not to say it in a game with strangers. Well, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Whenever you are running a game, if you are if you are running games with strangers, I think we have to be aware of what we bring to the table as as um, I don't want to say historical baggage, but if I got to role play with my original group from South Africa that I haven't role played with now in five years. I think it would be I don't think it would be a different game because I don't really change anything that I do although I must admit I am much more aware of trying to be more diverse in my my role playing um Kogas being a classic example of me bringing in this idea um it should really be Dogas, but if you write that out, it doesn't create a very nice word. And to change the acronym around starts to change the thinking. And I've already got that sort of entrenched, the D being for description um, of the character. But um, yes, so, so uh, it is... It is there. Now, something that I did want to talk about very quickly, because I saw it on Facebook, um, and so it's got to be true, right? Um, but it's, it's we had at uh, this uh, event, we got given these checklists that our players had to fill in. And in this checklist, there were 
50 or 60 different different topics that they could mark as exclude completely, include but in a minor way, or go for it, I don't care. And they were heavy, heavy, heavy topics. But to, to have that list, you go, I appreciate the fact that you're filling this list in. You need to appreciate the fact that there are 50 things on this list, most of which I hadn't even thought of personally as something to include or exclude from my game. So if I'm running my game and you have put a include but only lightly, who the hell knows what that boundary is? How far is lightly? Um, what is light racism versus full-on racism? I don't know. Um, so it creates problems. So I, a lot of people are trying to solve these kinds of things. Some people are just trying to bury their heads in the sand and say, no, we don't have to do it. Some people are saying that we have to do it for absolutely everything and want to make sure that everybody is 100% compliant. Most of us are in the middle going, well, we want to do, we, we really want to participate, but there's so much, it's, it's, it's so overwhelming. So as someone says, I need to do a, as Cobalt GM says, I need to do a session zero with my audience. Well, this is, this is what that big, that big um, piece of text up front would be. It's like, hey, folks, you're watching Dungeons and Dragons. This means there's going to be Dungeons and Dragons. And then there's this whole thing is about war. And uh, if this upsets you, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I think it's, it's really... It's an interesting space that we find ourselves in. The one thing that I do really take comfort from, I guess, is the fact that when I was playing Dungeons & Dragons in the early 90s, it wasn't about being inclusive. It was very much an exclusive bunch of nerds sitting in a basement or in a library tucked away from the high school jocks and things. That was probably the 80s kind of issues. In the 90s, it was this whole satanic issue that you had to deal with. So there's always been issues. There has always been uh, these uh, conundrums that our role-playing game has faced. And I do feel that a lot of that is because outsiders don't understand it. And if you're inside it, there's a lot to understand as well. And with today's culture about trying to understand each other, we want that to be more inclusive. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's fast about trying to see where the right thing is and where the wrong thing is. I think, personally, the wrong thing is to, de to be dismissive of role-playing games, saying, oh, I hate that system. The best solution is to play something that's from the past or to play something else. I don't have a problem with you saying that. Tell me why it's better. Tell me what makes it better. You know, if you look at, at um, Modiphius's Star Trek 2D20 system, or you go back and you look at the Decipher uh, Star Trek system, um, or you go even further back and you look at the Farsa Star Trek system, which one is the best? You'll find advocates for all of them. Why are these the best options? Because it's the one that we played first or it's the one that we liked the most. Um, I absolutely wish I had... I'm actually glad I didn't fall in love with the 2D20 Star Trek uh, because 
I would then just be running Star Trek games because I am such a Star Trek fanatic. Um, and I'd be the one going, oh, who wants to play Dungeons and Dragons? It's all just fantasy. Anyway, I have a mind-melding telepathic Spock. Uh, it's not magic. I swear it's science. Um, we just can't explain it yet. So, uh, you know, there are these things. There are these things that, 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 that come up. Anyway, uh, I do hope that you look at these topics think about them think about how they apply to you how are they going to change your life or not change your life and um if it makes somebody else's life better and costs you nothing i feel like that's always the right right way to go um that's just me personally so there you are but then i guess i guess then again i guess that is why uh you might be listening to this podcast so wherever it is in the world that you are listening to this podcast uh, I just want to say a big thank you, and I hope that you are gaining some joy from your role-playing experience, whatever that might be. So with that, we are nearly at the end of today's show. Just a reminder that next week, Thursday, is the launch of the new live show. That is uh, at uh, 6 p.m. BST, which is, I believe, 10 p.m. Pacific time. So wherever else you are in the world, that's something to, to think about and uh that's it's only a two-hour show by the way it's not a sit down and write off your entire evening it's two hours long why is it two hours and not three hours or four hours as, as many folks would like to be perfectly frank with you as someone who runs games a lot two hours is enough to dive in get some stuff happening and then to leap out and be left wanting more uh that's just me personally um, I was running games that were four hours long. They felt like they were 10 minutes long. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. That That's just, uh, I kind of went, well, you know what? We're going to do this. We're going to do this. Um, it also makes it, I think, a little bit more manageable. One of the reasons why I stopped doing live shows was the sensation of burnout, that I just couldn't do it anymore. I was just getting tired. Um, and uh, three hours can be quite a long time whereas two hours i feel you're good to go in out and done anyway hopefully you guys get the same enjoyment out of the show that i think we're all going to get and that will be next week and uh, so until tuesday next week tuesday remember this tuesday next week um when we go live again uh on this channel i wish you and yours the very happiest of gaming